0: Hey folks, Frank here with another throwback episode for you. Uh, This is our second Christmas holiday-themed episode. Our Our first one was last week's A Nightmare Before Christmas, which was released in our very first year of podcasting. And this one was released in our last full year of podcasting. We did do several episodes after this one, but they were more sporadic. But this was one of the few that we did in uh, one of the last ones we did in our last year of podcasting. This is on Rare Exports, which is a uh, finished film about Santa Claus. We actually, of course, talk about it in the full podcast. The original release date on this episode was uh, December 24th, 2019. Now, the audio quality on this is fairly good. It's actually about on par with what you'd hear now on the podcast when everything's working right. So, not to best, but a lot better than what we've previously released. Uh, we essentially, or I essentially have the same exact setup. Um, John's setup has changed since then, but, uh, yeah, the, the quality isn't too bad. It's actually listenable and not frustrating. So, anyway, I hope you enjoy this. It's a fun film. It's become one of my favorite Christmas movies and something I watch every year around the holidays. I haven't watched it this year yet, but by the time you're listening to this, I probably will have. So, I hope you enjoy Rare Exports. Hi and welcome to another episode of Relevant to Our Interests. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is Father Frankmas. you—you you can't use my name in that. You have to. Yeah, use... I did. Well, I did. <laughs> Fuck. What are you gonna do about it? I had Nothing, because you're like 120 miles, 150 miles away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we're here we're here again, recording an episode on rare exports. And you guys didn't hear the last episode because I somehow deleted it. But here we are. <laughs> and I'm going to say
1: that it was our best episode. It was. It was good. It, it was probably good. wasn't. It was, like, it was. It was so good that it was too good for this world and died and had to be, <laughs> and had, to be and had to be purged from time itself by the angels, lest the balance of good and evil was uh, undone and the world torn asunder. It
0: was clearly. It was clearly destroyed. <laughs> it was clearly. Yes. It's gone. Unfortunately, right. it's gone. You could uh, We actually actually still have part of John's or all of John's side of the conversation and I've thought just to release it
1: as a funny
0: uh what the fuck scene. <laughs> <thing. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh if I guess if you really want to hear I kinda it I kind
1: of want I kind of I kind of <laughs> want you to now as like a little just a little bonus one of these times like here's a half the audio. <laughs> if,
0: if anyone John talking to no one. If anyone really wants to hear it Email us at relevant to our interests at gmail dot com. That's relevant. The number two. The letter R. Interests at gmail dot com. Or
1: talk to us on the Discord. Or, or talk to us
0: on the Discord. Or uh,
1: Twitter. Or tweet us. Or
0: tweet us at r2interests. Um, uh, or Facebook. Or just relevant. you know
1: like wrap a, wrap a message around a brick and throw it through our windows. That's another. Uh, don't um, throw it
0: through my window because I don't I don't need to have to fight the cold. Uh, with a big hole in the window, or any more than I've already fighting the cold. Because
1: um, <laughs> yeah, but this way you'll have to physically fist fight it, yeah. and that I kind of want to see. It's... I kind of want to see you fist fighting uh, Jack Frost. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm turning into a music video in my head, Frank. Now it's 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 canon. That's gonna happen. No. No, it's yeah. gonna happen. Uh, no. It's a prophecy now.
0: No. Anyway, so, John, uh, before we dive into this week's topic, which is the film, the fine film, Rare Exports, do you
1: have anything you'd like to say? Uh, Yes, we have a totally fake sponsor. It's true. This time. And you know what? They came to me. Usually I make them up, but they came to me to offer their sponsorship.
0: In his head. They came to him in his
1: head. Shh, quiet. I wasn't talking to you, Frank. Yeah, I know. And, and our sponsor is the most dangerous game. Do you have extra people? Are you bored these These things work themselves out in the most dangerous game. Are you ice now tea? on sale in a private <laughs> island owned by walmart
0: are you Are you iced tea trying to escape the man who brought you to this island or is it ice cube? I think it's ice cube actually.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's iced tea because then it becomes water tea i
0: don't I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that's that's you're. We're not talking about Rick and Morty, man. Just, <laughs> this is this uh, is a.
1: Yeah, I think we're always talking about Rick and Morty. This is something
0: key. else. This is something else. This is something. Nah,
1: else. Yeah, I life. don't think it, I don't think it is.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, so
1: this but week's. to be fair, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention.
0: That's fair. So this week's episode is the Finnish slash Norwegian film Rare Exports. It's a pretty fantastic film. It's so
1: good.
0: I want to. I want to point out <laughs> that just like the last time, I am unprepared and don't have it up on the. I IMD- I don't have it up on IMDb.
1: And you literally had an extra week. I did. <laughs> That's the thing.
0: I did. I did. The, yeah. the only thing I need to reference is the director, for some whatever reason. So anyway, this is. It's directed by uh, Jarm- Jalmari Helander. Um, he. Uh, this whole- he is a Chupacabra. Is a chupacabra. No, this started as. Uh, one of kind of a film project. He he started out with a uh, with a short called Rare Exports Inc., which is about three guys out hunting Father Christmas and, and
1: turning into chupacabras and
0: turning him. No, come on, let's. I'm trying to be serious here and turning him <laughs> into uh, basically Santa Claus to, to ship off to parts of the world and he f- to combat
1: the chupacabras. He fo-
0: he follows that up with. So I'm just going to cut all the
1: chupacabra shit
0: out. He, I just
1: really love saying the word chupacabra, Frank. We'll find a better Don't place. Don't silence to... <laughs> me. First Amendment <laughs> violation. Oh, Jesus Christ, you am not even do that. Um,
0: <laughs> he followed that up with uh, Rare Exports, the official Rare Exports, Inc. safety instructions video, sort of as a proof of concept. Um, he uses the same actors. Uh, both In both shorts, he uses the same actors that are in the film.
1: Yeah.
0: And then uh, he was finally, five years after that, that was made in 2005, in 2010, 2009, He was able to film the movie that we're going to be focusing most of our time on right now. So we're going to give kind of an overview of the plot with some commentary throughout. Um, John will probably say Chupacabra a few times. Uh, And then
1: I'll switch to Krampus so that that Frank feels like I'm being properly festive. That's better. (laughs) And then once I've lured him into a false sense of security, I'll switch back to Chupacabra. Yeah.
0: So... Anyway, we're going over the we'll go over we're going to go over the plot, give giving some commentary. We'll meet, we'll talk a little bit about the actors. Then we'll talk about the the themes of both the film and the the shorts. Give some observations that we may have missed during our commentary and our final thoughts on the movie and Are you ready, John?
1: Oh, I am beyond ready. All right. I am Chupacabra.
0: Fantastic. So, the movie opens with excavators trying to dig up a Santa Claus out of a huge burial mound in the middle of nowhere Finland which to my understanding is most of Finland. Um
1: Well I I think they 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 start off just sort of, sort of like digging and then the one guy shows up and is like we're trying to get the Santa in there. Yeah, well
0: they the, they're digging but he has a purpose and that's the the company's purpose is to dig up Santa Claus. Yeah. The guys don't necessarily As one know. does. Yeah. The guys don't necessarily know that's what they're doing until he shows up. But that's Yeah. Um but two kids are spying on him, uh on the on the company. They've they've cut a hole in the fence uh sort of surrounding the the work site. And the kids are Pitari Contio, played by Oni Tomila, and uh Jusso, played by Ilmari Jarvenpa. And I apologize to any Finnish people. Who may listen to this? I I do not. I don't know your language at all, so I'm sure I'm slaughtering this, and
1: I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, so from here on out, we will call them boy and slightly older boy who's kind of a dick. Yeah,
0: or I Piatari is the the main character. Piatari.
1: He is the boy.
0: He's the boy. Piatari. Um. When they overhear that they're... kind of a dick. And his friend Jusso's kind of a dick. When they overhear uh, them talking about Santa Claus, Batari becomes obsessed with the idea of Santa Claus. Like, why the fuck is Santa Claus in the burial mound? And he discovers all of these legends where basically Santa Claus is this evil son of a bitch who eats bad children and, yeah, like and good children it, and just children in general.
1: It, 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 it's sort of clear that the, the line between St. Nicholas and Krampus is basically non-existent. Yeah. They're sort of like that in in this world, they are clearly a singular entity.
0: Yes. And so the Sami people, centuries and centuries ago, a group of people that live in Finland, they lured uh, Santa Claus to this lake, froze him in ice, and then buried him under this giant mountain. Uh, Because that's what you do with, with people who are, Eating, well, ch- eating you, children you, you, that aren't bad. You
1: never actually see the entirety of of uh, Santa. Well, this is um, this is true, spoilers. But I, I'm going but, off
0: I'm going off what he says.
1: Yeah, no, no. I, but I'm i I'm, I'm just saying that what from what little you actually see, like the way they sort of imply it with like the things you can like shadows you can see in the ice blocks yeah. and and shit. Like it's horns that are sticking out. Mm-hmm. This is clearly a big fucking scary monster. Oh, yeah.
0: This is, yeah. He's, he's a giant. We'll, we'll get into that and later on in the yeah. synopsis. But, yeah, he's...
1: Yeah, he's like he's 20 not, feet t- But he's like, you know, he's, 20 feet tall. Oh, he's bigger than that. He's way yeah. bigger than that. Anyway... I don't know. Yeah.
0: So, uh, the day before Christmas, uh, Pitari and his father Rauno and several other hunters slash ranchers of rain, uh, reindeer, they're basically... They uh, they harvest reindeer for, for meat to sell and, and to eat for the winter. Uh, they prepare yep. for their winter slaughter so they can make their money and uh, sell the meat. But only a couple of sickly reindeer turn up. They discover the rest of them appear to have been killed by what they think are wolves. They go to the fence, and, and it looks it appears that someone cut the fence open. And, of course, someone did cut the fence open. It was Juso and, and Pietari to sneak into the work site.
1: Really um,
0: because they're dumb. Because they're dumb. But they, all of the reindeer yeah. are just dead. They're slaughtered. Um, yeah. Pitari discovers, well, it, it,
1: and, and not even like a they've been eaten kind of way. Like yeah. there's 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 been like chunks torn out a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, this is clearly like just a slaughter. It's not actually like a, it's not like a feeding frenzy or something. It's they they just killed things to kill them. Yeah.
0: That and Pitari discovers that there's human footprints uh, underneath some of the some of the carcasses. So that night, Pitari stays up all night. He's Paranoid, the Santa Claus is going to come get him. He he'd found a footprint that the uh, the that morning before they went to to do the slaughter. Uh, he sets a bear trap in the fireplace, which his father almost cuts his hand off with. Um, yeah, and
1: because you know there was a bear trap in the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like, and just like it like like shoved up the actual chimney. So he didn't like he's like the oh there's something blocking the chimney what's going on here and he kind of reaches up there to see what the blockage <laughs> is and yeah just about loses his hand
0: which understandably that pisses him off he grounds the boy and then he discovers that this pit trap he caught for for wolves has it's caught something highly
1: illegal pit trap
0: Yes highly illegal pit trap they he set for wolves who are a problem in that area but they're also an endangered species, which is why, why it's illegal. Has got something, yeah. and he realizes it's a naked old man. So he convinces his friend.
1: As one finds in pits all the time.
0: It's true; they they're lured to pits, actually. Yeah. He f- gets his friend Pipiarin, to help him take the body into the slaughterhouse, and they there's a wallet with the body, and they look and see that it looks like it's an American, although the the face and the age don't match with the body itself. <laughs> which yeah
1: he he would he would have to have like aged yeah. like 50 60 years it's, in order to uh
0: yeah for that to work out like they yeah they decide to best the fifth thing to do is to just chop him up and get rid of the body which is what they they go to do but it turns out that the dude is still alive which gives them some pause <laughs> like they're like well maybe Maybe we should wait and see if he dies. <laughs> but while this is going on, uh, Pitiari sneaks out of the house because he's super paranoid about Santa Claus. Uh, he goes to the pit trap, discovers there's this bag in there with his large life-sized doll in it. And then uh, he runs after the uh, cop who drives by. And uh, Roundo thinks that he's seen the old man.
1: That they're about to chop up in the... Uh,
0: in the slaughterhouse.
1: In the slaughterhouse. And so
0: he, he goes after them. And they end up at... The, the cop picks up Pietari and they end up at the third man, their friend, uh, Imo. Imo has killed the cops because uh, he's had some theft. He discovered that his potato sacks are gone. But uh, not it, the it, pot- it, it, potatoes.
1: Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's like several... It's probably like close to like a ton or so of... Potatoes that had been done up in bags, and they stole just the bags. Yeah.
0: So the potatoes are all over his uh, garage and shop. It's
1: a great. It it has, like, that particular. I mean, I'm not normally one to go for, like, the cinematography there. Yeah. But that shot, as they're sort of slowly zooming out, and you see the fact that it's all just potatoes, they, like, it encapsulates the emotion of the scene so perfectly. Like, it's just this. Like cinemat like on a cinematological, or whatever the word is, Cinematic. level. Yeah, it's a really good. It's just an amazing moment, an amazing piece of visual visual artistry.
0: It's, it's a fantastic visual storytelling. Like it's very much a, a show don't tell sort of moment, uh, and and it, yeah. and, it, and it tells you all you need to know. Like where did they get the the sacks with the with the fake with the dolls in it clearly they got it from Imo's potato from his potato shed uh the cop also mentions that a lot of people's heaters and and furnaces have been stolen as well and Imo comments that his wife's antique hair dryer's gone While pitari pitari's there he asks about his friend juso who's amo's kid uh mm. and he goes up to find him because amo's like he's still in bed a lazy asshole Discovers that Juso not in bed; he is been replaced with the fake, with the doll. So he goes to tell Imo, and and the others, and the cop, and, and his father, and they're like, Juso's probably sneaking around, you know, trying to get with chicks, you know, what, masturbating in a field or whatever <laughs> it is that kids do these days. Yeah, what what whatever. In the he's not in bed. Like who gives a fuck? He's just a, he's just raising hell. Like whatever and of yeah. course Peter like no like i think the santa claus got him
1: <laughs> they don't santa did it santa did it yeah. uh th- which makes him sound like a crazy person it's true uh,
0: meanwhile back at the at uh, rauno's slaughterhouse Paparin has his ear bitten off by the old man and when rauno and uh, Amo arrive back to the to the uh slaughterhouse the old man is up he's sort of I mean, he's off the table. He's sort of cr- crouched down and, and, uh, they're like, well, he's American. I'm all you speak English, go threaten him. <laughs> and so yeah. that's what they do. They grab this like metal, um, broom handle and I'm like threatens to, uh, just beat the shit out of him. If he doesn't tell, tell them what's going on up on the mountain and, uh, make some promises about getting them their money back, uh, that they lost from all the slaughtered. uh, reindeer. He sort of kind of ignores him until Pitari shows up outside asking his father to beat him because he's been naughty. Then the old man breaks the metal broom handle and kind of moves towards Pitari, and the men are able to subdue him and sort of tie him up and they have their thought, well, fuck this guy. If he's going to be like this, we're going to take him back up to the mountain. And Pitari suggests that the he's Santa Claus, <laughs> and uh, that's what they were trying to find on the mountain, and so they're like, all right. So they put Piperian's Santa suit upon him and uh, go proceed to go to the excava- excavation site. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's where the fun really begins. Uh, at the ex- excavation site, Riley, the leader of the the excavation, shows up in a helicopter, explains to the men that, All of the old men, naked old men gathering in the woods are not, in fact, Santa Claus, but Santa's little helpers uh, or his elves. Um,
1: Yeah. Although I I think one of my, my favorite parts is that he shows up and he's like explaining everything and he's very... Like he and he he plays that perfect horror movie trope of like the guy who knows what's going on. Yeah, he's like, shit, we got to do this, we got to do this. This is absolutely what we're gonna do. And then right as soon as he's like, man, this is what we're gonna do, he is dead because he gets mauled to death by Santa.
0: (laughs) He gets mauled to death by the the old man that they brought up. Yeah, Um, it's fantastic. And then there's all these other naked old men in the woods. Um, while this all this is going on, Pichari walks up to this giant warehouse, this giant air air hanger, with a giant twenty four on the door, uh, and that's important because the, during the process of the days that it shows Pichari like obsessing about Santa Claus, and the day before and in the day of, he's got this advent calendar, and he's reluctantly yeah. been opening the um thing each day. Until he gets to 24 and he he proceeds to like tape it shut and then staple it. And then, uh, (laughs) like, he doesn't want to open that last door on the advent calendar.
1: Well, and and, and not only that, but like he tapes it shut one night, like one night. Uh And then after that, he tapes it shut with more tape and then grabs the stapler and like staples the door closed. Yeah. So he's like completely sealed it away. And it's like it's this, this symbolic. I'm like definitely. I'm I'm banishing Santa.
0: Yeah. And this door to the warehouse has a giant ass twenty four on it. Inside the the men escaping the Santa, rampaging Santa Claus, go inside the door, and inside they find this giant, and I'd say it's at least forty or fifty feet high, um, be horned ice cube. Um, That has the thawing body of Santa Claus in it. All of the heaters are there. All of the kids are still alive in in potato sacks around it. Obviously, they're going to be food for him once he wakes up.
1: There's all these like heat sources that have been plugged in. That like, like that, like I actually finally, I I realized when we were just talking just now. That that's why they stole the uh, hairdryer. Like, it never occurred to me that that, that 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 them stealing the hairdryer was to add to the collection of <laughs> I thought, things to melt him. <laughs> and I was like, but well, I had this moment of like, oh, and then, really? I think you that's... You are so dumb. I think that's... Goddamn, dude, that's fabulous. you are so stupid.
0: <laughs> Sometimes we don't catch the most obvious things, John. It's okay. Um.
1: <laughs> because we are dumb.
0: Because we are stupid. Um... <laughs> So uh, they start grabbing the heaters and piling up against the doors to like try and keep the elves out. But Pichari comes to the realization that they're kind of attracted to the kids like uh, they're lured by them. They want to make sure the kids are there. So when Santa Claus wakes up, he will have something to eat. And so yeah. he convinces uh, Pityarin, who apparently is a helicopter pilot, to go back out and get into the helicopter that they have out there fly it over so they can load all the kids up into a giant net and blur all of the Santa Clauses away to give Rauno and Aimo some breathing room, which is exactly what they do. They get the helicopter. He flies it over. They throw the kids in. They basically, like, bob up and down a little bit in front of the Santa Clauses, and they're like, oh, those children,
1: we can't let
0: them get away. And they, they,
1: they, run at, right. oh. they run after and them. Just... <laughs> Just, just because this is a good point to 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 let let people know, there's so much old man dong in this. <laughs>
0: this is there's a lot in of this movie. there's a lot of uh yeah there's a lot of old man wiener old man dong yeah
1: that's there, there's no there's no there's no there's no glossy way to put it. I was I call I mean, it
0: I'm gonna call it wiener. It was old man wiener, yeah,
1: well, yeah. You, you would. Yeah, um, <laughs> they do. However, have like beard like pubes that kind of half clo- half covers them. Yeah, you do. Which I don't know if that's better or worse.
0: I, I don't know. And, and in some sense, I think it's a little better. I like because you don't get a <laughs> like, you don't get a good look at any one penis. Well, they don't like zoom
1: in on it, but you like, you are very clearly. <laughs> well, they're, that this is, this is Santa dong. They're clear, like it's
0: like, I mean, obviously they're clearly naked, but that's, uh, I mean, it's obvious. My question is, how did they, I mean, I know they used computer effects to get the, the amount that they have. Yeah. Cause they have almost 200 when they count them. Uh, my question is how did they get the 30 or 40 of them? To, to stand around naked in the in the snow <laughs>
1: like, finland man
0: what's that it's finland that's fair this is in finland <laughs> well that was filmed in norway uh, so doesn't matter <laughs> i guess it doesn't ma- <laughs> matter
1: it's still finland
0: um it's
1: finland norway doesn't matter it's all good well, up on the rooftop reindeer <laughs> falls here comes good old Santa
0: dong. <laughs> I was going to say here. Dong, 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 I was going to dong, say, dong. here comes naked Santa Claus. <laughs>
1: um. Anyway. Then the tune changes to dong, 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 dong. It's a baseball dong, thing. Dong.
0: So anyway, uh, so they lure the, the Santa Clauses to the elk pens. um, And while they're luring them away, Rauno and Imo uh drill a whole bunch of holes into the ice and they fill it with TNT and the then Santa ice and uh, then Rano cuts off the horns with a the chainsaw, they load them up in the pickup truck and they detonate it and it blows up and then all of the Santas become sort of docile. Uh
1: but like sad docile? It's like oh yeah like oh they're aww. they're
0: disappointed. Um
1: they're sad, sad little Santas and Sad little. what they're... They go.
0: They go down to the elk pens, and they they hit upon the idea like, what if we were to make these guys Santa Clauses and send them all over the world?
1: Yeah. And so they, you know, cover their pants so you don't have to stare at their old man dolls.
0: <laughs> they they team up with the company who are excavating for the giant for the original Santa Claus, and then they basically train them to be Father Christmases. They they teach them not to try and eat children, to be nice, and once yeah. they get their stamp of approval. They send them off for shit tons of money. I think what was it
1: like? Eighty-two grand. Eighty-two grand or, a piece. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, they send them all around the world, and that is how the film ends. And it's fantastic. Like the narrator comes on, and
1: it's really good. Yeah, that's really good.
0: It's anyway. So we we, we did we did give our final thoughts away like, a little bit. You,
1: um, you know what? Like I think I think I can say that. It is so good that it is worth dealing with all the old man dog.
0: <laughs> I agree. So, uh, talking about the actors a little bit, uh, there—I don't think there's a single female in this film, is there? There's not a single woman.
1: No, no there's—it's—it's uh, it's implied to the one, the one's wife. Is—is is, is... uh, one of the guy's wife? But, yeah, we don't actually see any women. No. Yeah, this thing fails the hell out of the Bechdel test. It surely
0: does. Um, the the actors, though, uh, the kid who plays Pityari, Oni Tomila, uh, is a fantastic young actor. Um,
1: yeah, he's he's a real, like, he does a really good job. There's some of the monologues that he does that you would not expect a kid that age to pull out the level of nuance yeah. that he's able to throw up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he he he's he, he's a, he, he does a great job and
1: he's real impressive.
0: Um his father in the film is also I think his father in real life, uh, Jorma Tomila, who plays Rauno. uh solid uh, all of the all of the adults are solid solid actors. They do they good jobs. I want to say first off, I want to comment uh Corpella who's Imo is basically in my opinion, uh, finish Garrett Dillahunt. He, he looks a lot like Garrett Dillahunt, like to the point where you're like, you'd think there were cousins or even possibly even siblings in the right light. Uh, and for those of you who don't know Garrett Dillahunt, he, uh, he plays a lot of villains. He's in, in Deadwood. He plays, uh, first off, he plays the guy who kill, kills, uh, Wild Bill Hickok. And then he plays, uh, this psychopath at the end of the first season. Um, he also plays uh, the dad, Jimmy's dad, in Raising
1: oh, Hope. Oh, okay, I know him. Um yeah, he plays a lot of serial killers.
0: He plays a lot of ominous roles, but he's got some. He's got some solid acting chops. He, he's, he's, yeah,
1: raise like, yeah, I mean, like his his stuff on Raising Hope, and then great comedic he's timing. He's done some. He's done some really great cameos. I don't first comedic. He he does a I don't cameo know. in an episode of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine that's really good. I
0: don't know. I don't know uh, if Tommy Corpella. I I know he's got. Uh, pretty robust acting career uh, in Finland. I don't know if he's completely the equivalent of Garrett Dillahunt. I don't know if he's if he's like if he plays a lot of villains or not. Um but I will say this. If you go to his IMDb page and then go to Garrett Dillahunt's IMDb page, you'd be like, "Wow, they they look a lot alike."
1: <laughs> it is not that is not an inaccurate statement. No.
0: Uh the other the other f- primary adult actor uh Rano Juvolin, who plays Piperin it he looks like a cool disco viking dad uh, <laughs> He's like blonde hair with like these sunglasses and mutton chops I don't know he, I I just I just that's the whole time I thought oh well, he looks kind of like a kind of like a viking dad in my opinion
1: Yeah
0: um the other actors, Ilmari Jarvapan, who plays the Pietari's friend, Jusso, who's, yeah. as John said, he's a slightly older kid with a mullet who's kind of a dick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he's also the only other named child. Yeah.
0: Well, he's the only, he's also the only other child you actually see because at the end, all of the other kids are, you never see them because they stay in the, they stay in the bag, <laughs> the sacks
1: <laughs> well the the burlap potato sack is the most protective uh casing the human animal can find. It's true, um, yeah, it's very true. I read that somewhere uh I think it was in the transcript for this podcast um
0: <laughs> it may have it may have been <laughs> <laughs> um, uh and then the, of course, Peter Jacobi is the old man, the Pitiari's elf is how he's credited, yeah um. Mm-hmm
1: who who i i have to say for how little he, for like how little he's actually given as as the santa there yeah the the way that he was able to to make that role completely unnerving and to the point that you are like seriously fearing for some of the character's safety yeah like it he does he does a really solid job 'cause i mean he's just he is literally just a naked old man. Yeah, but he's, there's something there's something about the way it's shot, the way it does, the way he moves, that that leaves you feeling like the okay, no, there's there's there is danger here.
0: Yeah, he's he's incredibly ominous. Like it's it's uh, yeah. There's absolutely no doubt about that. He's there's something very uncomfortable about, about what, and and it's not the, just the fact he's naked. There's something very uncomfortable about watching him. There's this. Yeah. Sort of nefarious, ominous. ominous.
1: Well, it, it, it's something where it's it's there's this combination of feral, well, feral unpredictability. If you want to cunning,
0: if you want if you want a great example of it, they have one of the I think one of the best shots stills from the movie on Internet Movie Database, where it's him after he's been dressed up as Santa Claus and he's talking to Riley the the guy who's in charge or he's not talking to him he's sitting in the cage that they they put him in he's just staring out at riley it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty ominous like you get, you it's send, proper freaky. send some chills down your spine now uh we're gonna dive into themes now this is the the themes really don't come up until the end but they're they're present in the shorts as well.
1: Well, and I I'd, I'd say that it's it's one where you you can't quite tell what the themes are, but once you see what they are, you can go back through, you can you can kind of go back through the the movie in your mind yeah. and see that it that it was fully integrated. Like it's not one of those like where it feels like a moral that's been slapped sort of slapped on at the last minute. Yeah. Like it felt fully integrated. Which yeah. is always nice.
0: Basically you don't you don't realize what the theme is until the very end of the movie, but once once you get to the end of the movie and realize it, you're like, oh okay. Um the theme, it's the biggest theme is the commercialization of Christmas. Um just in general, which you you hear people complain about all the time. Social media, the news, um
1: I don't know, I've somehow dodged a lot of that this, this year, but I think well, I, I deleted a lot of people. I, I, <laughs> I've been deleted by a lot of people. I think it's a better way to put pro- it. <laughs> probably.
0: I have dodged, uh, a, some of it despite my, my day job. Um, I haven't had to interact with it a lot, but I also, I'm pretty picky and cheesy with w- w- who I interact with. That being said, uh, the more narrow focus of this film is the idea of Christmas itself as a commodity. Um, yeah. And and it's of course it's represented by the Santa Claus by the by the Father Christmases. Um, there's one moment in the film early on, uh, after Pitari's done some of his research, he's talking to Juso, and he's like, like the Santa Claus isn't like what they, the what we think. He's not this jolly old man in red. Coke sold us a lie. <laughs> Coke, yeah. Coke Coke sold Santa as a lie, and so the popular version of Santa Claus. The, the one that we see today as mm-hmm. it was created by Coca-Cola back in yeah. the early 1900s.
1: Yeah, literally. Um, uh, Your favorite holiday is a lie.
0: Well, we could go into, Are, we could go into yeah. all of the pagan stuff, but that, that aside, this takes it, that idea itself and says, well, you know, if Coke can do it, we can sell you the, we can sell your actual physical real Santa Clauses. Here they are. <laughs> Just yeah. make sure that you don't piss them off, essentially.
1: Well, yeah, and then they give, like, the, like, the rules there, like, you don't... Um, uh, no, loud you don't at, no loud noises. No loud noises, no alcohol or swearing. No smoking. No smoking. Yeah. Those are all the ones that, like, the, there are other things that can kind of set them off, but those are, like, the things that will send them into a rage... Yeah. And in the short you see that the that that they make it very clear that these father christmases are not human. Yeah. They are terrifying monsters.
0: Yeah. They are something else entirely. And that's the 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 first short that plays up the whole idea of selling the christmas as a as a physical commodity. Um because the whole the first short it's short I mean it's a short, it's like five minutes. you can find it on YouTube and I both of them on YouTube and I highly recommend you do that. but in the rare exports Inc, you have uh, basically them hunting a father Christmas, tranquilizing it and then training it to send to send it out. That's what the whole short is. Um, and it's done kind of as a uh, as a promotional film, it's basically selling a product. Uh,
1: yeah, it's it's like it's their infomercial that they're running, you know, they're running or or the the, the tape that they sent to prospective buyers. Yeah,
0: it's like, well, hey, this is uh what we do. We go hunt hunt Father Christmases and uh, send them around the world for your pleasure. The uh, the other one is also like that, but it's sort of a hey, beware, be aware of these rules and these these steps to keep the Father Christmas is happy because if you don't, then they will kill everything around them. <laughs> um, so
1: and, like I said, there's, there's a bit in the, in the shorts where like he, the, the father Christmas is like in a box. Yeah. Like he's literally in a box and a guy like, he swears, like a guy like, like swears yeah. and then takes a big pull off of his, his uh, bottle of, of liquor, some kind of whiskey and throws it down and throws it down on the ground. Yeah, and then from across the room, Santa busts like tears himself out of the box, like with a with a leap, mm-hmm. busts out of the box and is clearly going to land on the guy to tear him apart. Yeah, and that's when they like cut to something. That's when they like cut to something else. Yeah, but it's like they're they're very very not human, which which I I really thought was cool.
0: We have this commodization of Christmas, and if you think about it, there's something that's happened uh we there are countries that celebrate christmas that are not christian at all uh japan yeah. is one yeah
1: oh and in japan christmas is like a huge deal with really weird traditions
0: well and, and they've made it their own holiday but they still celebrate yeah. it it's still christmas um you know there's there's this level of secularization to the holiday that other countries and other areas can pick it up and celebrate it almost as a secular thing. And it doesn't seem weird. I mean, and if you think about it, that's really kind of how it is in America for the most part. It's, (laughs) it's really become a secular, um, secular event, essentially. Yeah. Uh, there's still the trappings of religion to it, but everything about it is, is really, uh, secular from the from the purchasing of gifts to and I, I know there's rituals involved with gift giving and stuff and, the, and it's and it goes back, you know, millennium but at the same time because of the way our society works and our economy works it's so secular that it's not even funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Would you agree with that, John? Like
1: um yeah, I think well, I I think there's definitely has been a, a the the religion the religion has been bleeding out has been bleeding out of the holiday it's not for...
0: it's not completely gone
1: yeah no it, it, well and it 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 never it never will be just because of just because of the nature of the ho- just because of like the nature of the holiday yeah but it is becoming less and less the focus and the the emphasis is more and more particularly you know for the last 30 years is absolutely more and more on the secular um uh, capitalistic frenzy. Yes.
0: And and that leads to one thought I had, and this is, I'm not suggesting that the movie's necessarily implying this because I suspect that it doesn't even, there, it's not even a theme in Finland necessarily. Um, but the idea of Black Friday. Now, most of the horror stories from Black Flat Fridays you hear are very, very localized events where there's like lots of violence and stuff. They don't happen every year. I I looked it up once a couple of years ago, like violent Black Friday events, and there be like one incident happens in like Pittsburgh, and then the the news media will focus laser focus on that for like the next two or three weeks, and and that'll be like oh Black Friday, like everyone will talk about that one incident in some Pittsburgh. And now that's not to say like elbows weren't thrown at you know the Walmart the local Walmart here someone got their foot stepped on, but there will be like one horrible instance and the media will focus on that. And like, look how horrible black Friday is. I don't participate in black Friday, so, you know, whatever, but, uh, because I'm poor and, uh, I also recognize that the deals are probably not really deals.
1: Well, they're, the stuff is made exclusively to be sold at that price. So,
0: well, exactly. But there, but this idea, and this is something I c- kind of come to, like just an observation. I don't think it's, I guess we're kind of moving into observations. I don't think this is a theme, but the v- idea of the violent, like angry, murderous Santa Claus sort of has a parallel to the frenzy of Black Friday. At least the idea that we have of the frenzy of Black Friday. Yeah, uh, um, I could say that. I don't know if that was his intention because I don't. I suspect that Black Friday is not really a theme yeah, in Finland. I,
1: here's 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 what I'm what I'm going to say about it. I think that it's not. I don't think it's a thing that was thought of while it was being made. Yeah. However, a pretentious English major or or overzealous film student. Could absolutely make that argument,
0: and and make it like a twenty minute vi- video or, or a, a yeah, make like a twenty minute video or
1: or, or or like a big essay about it. You know, like I think it's and that's yeah,
0: that's really all I'm going to say about it because you can you can see the parallels and be like, well, you yeah, there's something there, but not really because the filmmaker is clearly using the violent Santa Clauses as a uh, just a horror device. Like, just a, this is an interesting take on Santa yeah. Claus. Uh, it's kind of cool. Let's just roll with it. And really, it's, it is, like you said, it's the uh, taking Krampus and, in, in Saint, the Father Christmas figure and just rolling them into one, one being. Um, yeah. Which I'm in favor of. Uh,
1: indeed. Me too. I may have actually done that in uh, a project I'm working on.
0: Well, fantastic. Do you have any more, uh, Comments, thoughts about the themes that I've babbled on about?
1: Um, not really. I think you, you hit you hit most of them. Like, this one is, this one's difficult because, like, the themes are, they're not in your face. Like, this is clearly more designed as, like, a, to be something more entertainment. Just to be kind of, like, pure, yeah. pure entertainment there. But it's so well done and it's so well handled yeah. that you start to find the themes anyway. Yeah. I don't think anything was intended. Well, I, um,
0: I disagree. I do think that, uh, jean Marie Hallander intended there to be those themes kind of present in it, but he also didn't want them to be the focus and take away from the actual story he wanted to tell. Uh, and the reason I say that is because those themes are present in the two shorts. Like, they're very clearly present in the two shorts. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he's not trying to, one, he's not making a value statement about this. There's no, this is wrong or this is right sort of thing. I mean, you can get whatever you want from it, I guess. But he's not making a value statement about Christmas being a commodity, necessarily, he's just saying like, look, we can make Christmas a commodity in this world where father Christmas is running around naked in, in Finland.
1: <laughs> well, an army of Father Christmases are running around naked. in Finland.
0: Yeah. I think that it's intended, but it's not intended as a, it's not intended to be some sort of moral lesson or anything like that. It's just intended to be, to help enhance the story itself. Observations. Uh, we've made a few observations. i did you have any observ- other observations you wanted to make um, before we? Not,
1: not that I can not, not that I can think of. Like I, I was going to rewatch it today, and then and then I didn't.
0: I was going to rewatch it last night, and I didn't. So I don't feel so bad now that I didn't
1: rewatch it. Yeah, um,
0: I do want to say one thing. I, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say on.
1: I I do, I do find it. Uh, interesting. I'm not sure, like like I said, I don't think it has like that much th- thematic to do with it. But the fact that Piotr's dad has a slaughterhouse on his farm, yeah, there's something about that that's really really interesting to me. Um, I don't I don't quite know where to put it, so I'm just like observations is the perfect place for it because it's like I don't yeah. I don't know what exactly to think about that.
0: Well, I I think it has to do because. I think it's kind of. It seems like he's more of a ranch than than just a straight up farm. Uh, it seemed like he had like uh, he raised pigs, obviously, um, because he butchering one at the at the beginning of the film, and it is clear that his primary job, uh, when they when they s- slaughtered the reindeer, was to butcher them out. Like I'm sure he had help, like the other the other guys there were, were clearly. Uh, probably helping, and they probably all had setups like that. Similar, you know, maybe not nearly as big. But I got the impression that that's sort of his his primary job.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's just it, like, for me, the fact that it was there on, on his property, it's not just like in town or, or somewhere else. And then just the the size and complexity and how well put to, it's not just like the, Oh, this is the clean area we have to deal with the meat. Yeah. It's like, this is an actual full on slaughterhouse. Yeah. That's, that's what I found in that. That's what I found interesting. Yeah. Is that it was clear. Like, I mean, I don't know what it says. And like, it could say stuff about the culture. It could be any of the things that you were talking about there, but it's just, it's, it's something that the, as I thought about, I just yeah. think it was, it, it struck me as not necessarily as odd, but as interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree, and I I think it is. I think it has a lot to say about the, that particular culture, particularly this very small village like culture where they sort of have to 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 make do with uh, doing a lot of their own stuff. Like clearly, they get stuff from the larger areas, the larger cities, but at the same time, thirty years behind <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, even when the movie was made, they were thirty years behind. So, their their tech level, what was just readily available in the town was, you know, not modern day.
1: Um, yeah, they didn't have enough evolution points to reach the next uh, precisely the next stage. Yeah.
0: Precisely. So I I think a lot of it just has to do with the with the culture. Um, I I almost and. If anyone wants to weigh in on this on on the discord or, or shoot us an email that would be awesome. I suspect you see a lot of similar things. Uh, almost positive you see a lot of similar things in Alaska, some of the smaller towns and villages up there. Yeah. Um
1: well, I mean or, or, or even you'd see I think you'd see similar stuff like up in some of the more out of the way parts of Montana. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I think the the difference might be the, I think the biggest difference might be their their there could be a greater level of um, pride about living out there in your Montana groups, but I think you'd see you could see a lot of the same stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it'd be it'd be interesting to think about because if you think about it, the guys that are like the the Finnish guys living in their village, they're going to take pride in it. This is just their way of life. This is just like the white. There's no like I see what you're saying like there's there's certain amount of there's certain mentality like well I live up here and by this you know grit
1: where I'm truly free well,
0: yeah where the the dudes in in Montana or even like the some of the folks that live in the villages up in Alaska it's sort of like well this is just the way things are They've always been this way <laughs> so anyway one more thing the reason we I originally. Well, I'm going to go into my final thoughts, and I'll just keep part, make it part of my final thoughts. So, I really like this movie. I think it's a fun take on Santa Claus. Uh, it's a fun take on the the whole story of Saint Nick. Um, it's a decent horror film. It's not real gory. <laughs> it's it's not real gory. There's there's not uh, any senseless violence. Everything's very tight. Uh, the the movie doesn't overstate its welcome at all. The acting's good. The effects. They're a little dated, but they still hold up okay. Um, particularly the naked Santa Claus is running through the, the forest. <laughs> at the, yeah, t- true. Towards the end, um, I was originally keyed onto this from a YouTuber I I watch, uh, Good Bad Flakes, who, just he reviews B movies and cult films and horror films, and this is just one of the movies he he went in. He kind of went into a deep dive. He goes into the history a little bit more. He talks about it uh, and in, in some depth, but his videos tend to be short. So I think it's, I think this one's like 13 or 14 minutes, but, uh, once I saw his video and I was like, I got to see this film, (laughs) this movies. And for a while, for a long time, we, we, it was, we couldn't find it. We couldn't find it available. anywhere. Um, yeah,
1: cause we've been wanting to do this one for years.
0: And so I'm super excited. We were finally able to do it. Uh, this is like the third year in a row we've looked at trying to do it. And we're finally doing it for the second time because we recorded one last week. I lost. Um, I highly recommend you go check this out. You watch it on, you can, you can rent it on Amazon. It's on Hulu right now. You can watch, if you have a Hulu account, you can watch it. Uh, if you don't have any of those things, you can probably find it on YouTube because it was on YouTube as of a week ago. The two shorts are on YouTube as well. And I highly recommend you watch those. Uh If you like, if you want a fun horror Christmas film, this is, uh this is worth your time. I think this is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, it like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the horror Christmas films or the horror holiday films. Yeah. The nice thing with this one is that it's really not cheesy. No. It's, like it's not intended to be funny.
0: No, no, it's not. It's, they, they play it straight. They, they're, there's never a moment where there's actors are, like, winking at the camera. You know, there's never a yeah, moment where they, there's...
1: Yeah, like, they really handle the absurdism of of all this really, really well. Yeah. Uh, because they they, they they don't break, and it's like the, this is completely ridiculous, but you never have them, like, question the fact that it's happening. Yeah. Or... They're just like, well shit, okay, what do we do? To-? Like, you know, it's like what do we do now? Not this shouldn't be happening, what the fuck? Yeah.
0: Or like, huh, look at all that old man wiener. Wink wink not not wink wink na Old
1: man wiener. <laughs>
0: um so yeah, I, I re- highly recommend it. Uh the the acting's solid. Like uh I actually there's a, another movie that Oni Tomila is in that I kinda wanna see. That's it's like a, an action film. Uh, what is it called big game uh mm-hmm. it's a uh, big game and, it, and it, i haven't watched it yet but it has uh it has samuel l jackson in it as the president of the united states
1: interesting yeah
0: so i that i want to see it it has ray stevenson in it <laughs> it's victor garber who for those of you who uh who are fans of uh legends of tomorrow are alias uh he's in both of those he was also interesting note victor garber was also jesus In
1: uh, (laughs) a mecha Jesus versus mega Buddha.
0: No, (laughs) he plays Jesus in the, in the, in the film version of Godspell, which you would hate, but
1: (laughs) probably
0: (laughs) anyway. So, so I highly recommend you go check this film out. It's, it's a lot of fun. John, do you have anything to add before we wrap up?
1: Um, Chupacabra. God damn it. <laughs> that is all
0: well that does it for the show relevant to our interests is hosted by John Belliston and Frank Shaw produced and edited by Frank Shaw the music arranged by Frank Shaw scripting by John Billiston and Frank Shaw graphic design by Frank Shaw and Nathan Newell You can contact us at relevanttoourinterests at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and what used to be Twitter. Jan and Frank are on many other social media platforms. Hit us up. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts.